4,000 kilometres of combined testing, three days of practice, all for the two Red Bulls to take row number one. Max Verstappen and Red Bull start as they mean to go on with a front row lockout in Bahrain. Welcome to episode 261 of Grid Talk. Today we are here to s- discuss qualifying for the Bahrain Grand Prix. My name is Owen Medford and joining me we have F1 historian Alex Booth. Hello. Jawad from the Hit the Apex podcast. Hello. And Grid Talk co-host Tom Downey. Aloha. Just before we get into the show, if you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72% of people who aren't yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like and subscribe. So as I say, Red Bull clearly hit the ground running back again. They've been holding a lot in reserve over pre-season testing and the and the practice sessions, and they've come out of the blocks uh, firing on all cylinders um, and other cliches. Um, and Max Verstappen, uh, t- you know, takes pole by uh, nearly one and a half tenths, Tom. Um, it's just, it's you know, it's it's kind of one of those things you just get out of a, of, out of a team on, that's on a roll. Um, they, they've clearly walked into into Bahrain and they've just they've just smashed it. Uh, yeah. I mean, they very much sort of continued where they left off at the tail end of last season, but um, it's it doesn't paint a sort of accurate picture, or or you know, it doesn't doesn't so much sort of tell the whole story of qualifying. Because while some people may look at it and go, "Oh God, it's Red Bull one two, here we go, Max is three tenths ahead of his teammate or whatever he was," you know, normal service is resumed. It wasn't plain sailing for them. You know, they did get caught out by the red flag in Q1 thanks to Leclerc's car deciding to go and wait watchers around the first lap. Um and you know just 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 shedding bits left, right and centre. But it was it, it took a while for um for, for for the Red Bull to actually sort of spark into life. And it's and it was only it was only in in Q3 where Max was in that first lap where I think he put in a 128.9 or something that that car really came alive, and then it was it was it was like something that had sort of awoken the beast inside of him. Um, and then obviously on his on, on his second flying lap, his first sector was actually I think it was uh, I think it was almost two tenths down, but he then went purple in sector two and three, and then did a one twenty eight seven I believe for, for for his final flying lap, and then Perez went quicker again. It was interesting. Ferrari said they didn't feel they could compete for pole, and they opted to save a set of tires. As well, so that says a lot about the Red Bull pace. Um, I mean, obviously, as a Red Bull fan and a Max fan, I'm happy to see them one too. But it's closer than you think. Yeah, it's only one and a half tenths uh, between obviously the Perez's Red Bull and Leclerc's Ferrari. Um, But um, Alex, uh, you know, is it sort of? It's almost. Is it progress? Do you think that Perez is actually qualifying within one and a half tenths of of Max for once, when he was sort of two or three tenths uh, off off of Max last season, uh, when they were sort of when they were next to each other on the grid? You probably could say that. Uh, I think it's uh, also down to the fact that uh, Sergio might be more comfortable with the car than he was uh, last year, which was a massive step forward from twenty twenty one. In the greatest of uh, Respects to him, I don't think we really expected him to be to be faster than Max today. Uh, he was quicker in FP1 yesterday, which is not really a reflection on the weekend. It's that, that's purely uh, testing purposes. Um, but he did what he had to do. He, he split he split the uh, gap between Verstappen and Leclerc. Um, it's only race one, 
So I really hope that um, because as, as, a, as, a, as a personal fan of Checo myself, I have to say, I, I would love to see him get in the mix tomorrow and, and I really hope he can. Whether that will be allowed uh, without being wishing to be controversial is another matter of discussion. But um, time will tell. And uh, coming back down to earth on the Saturday, uh, one two for Red Bull, fantastic for them. Although it's not quite as, as Tom mentioned, it's not quite as far. The gap is not quite as big as we initially expected. Yeah, I don't think it's controversial to say that uh, Red Bull clearly have a, a, a strict hierarchy. Um, I mean, I'd say a lot of that comes down to talent because Max Verstappen is one of those people who can extract the ultimate of the, the, the maximum potential of the car over one lap, whereas with the greatest respect, I don't think Perez can. Um, then next, we uh, we go two by two uh, down to the Ferraris uh, with Charles Leclerc, as uh, as Tom mentioned, uh, bringing out the first red flag of the session without even crashing, which is mental, um, losing a piece of his car, Joe. <laughs> um, he comes in in third with, a, with an exactly 90-second lap uh round Bahrain, which I think is quite impressive in some ways. Um do you think obviously uh, with the with the strategy struggles that they'll have uh, or have had, um that with that extra set of tires they decided to save, they'll be able to mix it up there? You never know. Um we'll only be able to see when it comes to the race. Obviously it'll be a test of the new strategist on the pit wall as well. Of course they um, announced that Inaki Rueda would be consigned to factory duties over the winter or during testing, and um, Ravan Jane will take up the uh, pit wall duty. So it's kind of like the, the first acid test for them because it was such a heavy point of scrutiny last season and for, for good reason as well. Um, Leclerc did seem a bit disappointed there at the end that they couldn't go out and do a... Um, another run because he felt like there was a little bit left in the tank, which, you know, was a little bit surprising considering how they started qualifying and, you know, even all weekend, they just didn't uh, look to be as, uh, you know, flashy as say the Aston Martin was or the Red Bull. So, you know, for them to be as close as they are in qualifying today, uh, good news, you know, and yeah, the race pace will be a different story. And I think having that option of starting on the soft tyre as well, get, try and get ahead of the, the Red Bulls at the start and um, see where that goes. You know, they, they just have to try different things and to actually be proactive rather than reactive and, you know, just be a bit more smart in general about their strategies this season because, yeah, that's the only way they're going to actually be able to mix it in terms of um, the championship yeah, hundred um, percent. You can, you can, you can't win a, a championship with a slow car, but um, you can absolutely uh, lose one with a fast car. Carlos Sainz, uh, who comes in, um, who who did do a final run in qualifying. Um, Tom, uh, he 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 lines up obviously directly behind Leclerc. Um, uh, do you do you think that sort of that that run was worth it? Because um, I, I think it's now split the strategies for. Uh, split the strategies for the Ferrari um, or is that sort of a two pincer a pincer approach that they can uh, they can utilize um I think Ferrari will definitely be able to sacrifice signs uh to benefit Leclerc and like you said about um Red Bull you know every team does have a number one you know whether it's enforced or not um you know you know Ferrari have a straight hierarchy which is you know Leclerc is 
the better driver and 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 you know you know sort of deservedly so i don't i get why um signs wanted to go out for another run especially as he didn't seem to quite get a solid lap together you know the Ferrari. you know he just had a couple of elements of um oversteer on uh, you know sort of you coming through turn five and six you know or working you know coming out of turn four into the into the second sector he had snaps of oversteer he bottomed out over one of the curbs most of his laps were just quite scruffy and i'm just yeah i think for him it was probably as much a sort of thing of like you know i want to give it another go because i've never got more pace in it or i know i can hit my lines a bit better or, you know, the car can not, you know, drag me over the curb or something like that. Um, it's going to be an interesting approach that he takes tomorrow, you know, you know whether he starts on the set of softs and goes aggressive, I don't know. Um, I doubt it. I'd imagine he'll probably start on mediums and Declare might start on a fresh set of softs to try and get the jump. Um, and then Sainz has got to try and, you know, do his best, you know, like Perez or Bottas impression to try and, hold off people are coming around. I think it might all be in vain because in because in race trim, I think the Red Bulls are going to have to measure the Ferrari and possibly the Aston Martins as well, which is not something I thought I'd say. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I get why you went out, but I, I just don't think the Ferrari has the pace that they were hoping. And it might be a bit of a kick in the teeth for them given where they were this time last year, you know, obviously when they came flying out the blocks and stormed to pole and a one-two in the race, you know, helped by Rebel powertrains um, going on strike. But um, but yeah, it was uh, yeah. We'll see what science does tomorrow, but I'm not holding out much hope for him. Yeah, it seems like the more exciting driver from Spain will be. I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, Fernando Alonso, who has seemed to have pulled the the move of the century, um, going from a uh, you know a, a sort of middling Alpine up to what appa- what appears to be a, a rocket ship in the form of the Aston Martin, Alex. Well, for once, he seems to have got it right, hasn't he? After a, a decade or so of making the wrong decisions when it comes to team team moves, but. Uh, that was the story that really got our attention, wasn't it, over the weekend, uh, the pace of the Aston Martin. Um, as from the Alonso has once said, you don't get any points on a Saturday. Uh, it's all about the race. Um, we wait to see how competitive the Aston Martin will be on race day with in comparison to the Ferrari. I, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't believe that they they really have the pace to challenge Red Bull. But a podium with uh, for Fernando Alonso, so I don't think is out of the question. Um, they, they, they had the two the, the two Aston Martins in the top ten with uh, Stroll in, in P eight as well, uh, so um, uh, it's look the future's bright the future's orange for them. Yeah, um, the race runs uh, I believe in um, uh, oh god uh, what practice were particularly impressive. I think that's the thing that's put the put the alarm bells for everyone else uh, <laughs> who were near them. They thought they you know they, they thought Lawrence Stroll was uh, was sort of an, an ego driven. Uh, kick and and apparently it's now the the recruitment has started to work and the, and the changes they've made have, have really sort of put them going forward. Um, by comparison, uh, the Mercedes um, sort of slightly jubilant, Jared, but um, a little off the pace. Russell in sixth, and then we've got Hamilton in seventh. Yeah, a bit of a surprise coming into this year that Mercedes haven't really 
made the kind of gains that I was expecting over the off season, very much sticking to that concept of um, the side pods that they designed last year, the zero pods, or if you want to call them the 0.5 pods this year, because they are slightly bigger, but um, you know, to them, for them to be eclipsed by essentially what is a customer team in Aston Martin using the Mercedes engine as well, doesn't look the greatest. Um, George Russell, I guess, getting the most out of what he could with that car in sixth. He was second quickest at the end of Q1 when we had that frantic little um, group that was covered by, I think, like four or five tenths or whatever. But, um, yeah, you know, definitely not really in any kind of contention this weekend as they stand Mercedes. And you can see that with the way, um, you know, Lewis Hamilton certainly has been talking and whatnot. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure... George, who was consistent last year with his top five finishes at the start of the year, could see him probably get up there. But, um, yeah, you know, I guess sixth is a reflection of how they stand in terms of qualifying at the moment. Yeah, um, I have no doubt, though, that bearing in mind that they spent so long uh, last year fixing the the obviously inherent flaws in the car when it came to the to the porpoising issue um and and you know obviously that you know they came back to challenge for and get race wins oh sorry a, a race win um I, I imagine that it's no surprise to me i wouldn't sorry i wouldn't be surprised if mercedes uh put things in place to get themselves a race win uh by the end of the season we'll be you know wondering wondering why we ever doubted them um we got lewis hamilton in seventh uh Tom, um, I thought it was less interesting the performance. I think the performance is very Lewis Hamilton. He's a little off the pace, obviously, but um, Toto Wolf coming out and saying that the, the Mercedes is going to go uh, is going to work hard to get him an eighth championship uh, as a, as a stated aim. Yeah, all right, Toto. Whatever you say, Han. Um, yeah, no. Um, you know that that bit aside, because I think that's just Toto doing wishful thinking. Um, Although Hamilton was what P seven, he wasn't that far off the pace. You, you, you know, um, you know, he, he was, he was, he did a one thirty point three, and bear in mind, Paul was a one a one twenty nine seven, um, so not a one twenty eight seven, which I think I said earlier. My bad. Um, you know, he, he's he's what six seven tenths off the pace, and and, he's, and and you know that's that's down in that's down in P seven. It goes to show how close the top ten are. Um, or you know what? Well, certainly, certainly the top seven because, like I say, he's P seven. Um, he was still going purple in you know in sectors here and there. Then you know, yes, yeah, sometimes you know, you know, he was then losing those sectors. The track was rubbering in, you know, that all, all that good stuff. Um, it's you know, it's not a bad showing by any stretch, and you know, the, the Merck looks okay, you know, because the um, F one put up a, a graphic comparing. Where um excuse me, where Hamilton was faster and where Max was faster at certain points. Now, how much you trust that is up to you because obviously, you know, because obviously the um the F1 insights brought to you by AWS are you know, you know, sometimes a bit questionable, you know, where they say like you've got 10% tire left, and then the driver's saying, No, nah, tire's good, mate. It's like, come on, you know, stop, you know, stop messing about. Um, yeah, so whether how much you trust that is is up to you. But um no, I, I no, I I think 
I think the milk looks good and you know, the, the engine looks like it's got a fair bit of shove. It just doesn't look, look like it's handling that well in the cor- in the corners, especially compared to the Red Bull. The Red Bull just looks so sorted. Now, I would say that because I'm a Red Bull fan. But um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just not a hundred percent that that the milk can quite hold the pace. Um given that obviously Russell and Hamilton were running different um different setups in practice as well because they were they were running different wings and all sorts to to test for um setup issues or the rest of it because they were both drivers were reporting setup imbalance and all the rest of it he's what if what he's, he's what like four uh four thousandths of his of his teammate or something or four hundredths of his teammate um it's not much at all and let's not forget his teammate is a damn good driver so if anybody's writing off hamilton me included do that at your own peril because there's a reason that he holds all the accolades he does whether he'll get that eighth world championship i don't think it's going to be in this car i think mercedes will probably finish fourth in the constructors if this weekend is anything to go off of um There'll be some tracks where they'll go better. It's like I wonder if they might go fairly well around Austria, for example. But um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Let's find out. And I'm just here for the memes. I was going to say, once you've been around Formula One a long, a, uh, long enough, you, uh, you 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 know the uh, you know the issues that can be had when you uh, try and predict a season off off uh, one. Um, off one qualifying session, um, if we point to you know Yuki Tsunoda in 2020, for example, um, uh, no 2021. I apologise. Um, so moving down the uh, moving down, we we have a genuinely a genuine surprise, and not just because the car's fast and is surpri- slightly um, is more surprisingly fast than we thought it was going to be. Uh, we have Lance Stroll, who I am amazed is in the car, but especially based off his uh, his performances on on Friday, Alex. Um, it's kind of astounding to see him there, isn't it? Yeah, got to give, got to give the guy credit. Uh, he's come back from from uh, his injury and uh, he's, he's done well to get it in the top 10. I must admit, uh, hold my hands up, I was disappointed to, to not see Felipe Jugovic get, get an opportunity, purely on the basis that I fear, uh, for his sake, that this that probably would have been his one and only opportunity, given the... Given the um, the fact that he's, he's gone to Aston Martin as a reserve driver and you've got Alonso and Stroll there who look pretty tied into their own contracts. Um, but that's but that's going off on a tangent. Um, but yeah, Lance Stroll did really well to get to, to get into the top 10 and uh, and he's come back with a vengeance and uh, he wants to uh, start the season as a means to go on and uh, fair play to him. Yeah, um, I personally think it's a little bit too early. I guess time will tell uh, whether whether... Lance Stroll should be in the car. I can imagine over a race distance, that's going to be uh, quite difficult. But so, sorry to interrupt. I, 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 while the qualifying was on, I did, I did read something about uh, Lance uh, complaining about how much pain he was in. So, uh, I, I mean, I, my my own view is, that, and, and with you, Wayne, um, I think it probably is. I think he should have sat, sat out this one race and then come back to Saudi Arabia uh, just to allow his injuries to recover. Uh, properly, not just because I wanted to see Djokovic get his opportunity, I just think more for Lance's sake, because it sounds like over one lap it's okay, but I think over the race distance, we'll see how he is. I wouldn't be surprised to see him um, struggle in the race tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's probably where what's going to happen is we'll see a good maybe five, ten laps, and then we'll start to see 
the issues happening. Um, but I mean, he's been put through the, by the doctors, so I guess it's up to them. Um, he might, he may well have the best physio on planet Earth. Um, in which case, <laughs> you know, I guess we'll all have our go on our faces at that one. Um, we then have Ocon, who is the highest place of the Alpines, Jared. Um, would you do, do you see them going forwards from this position, or is is this sort of the the height of where they can get to? Do you think? Well, given that they were regarded as the slowest team in testing, having not really set um, those kind of Hollywood lap times, um, and not really impressing through the weekend so far, I think. Yeah, they'd be they'd be pretty much. I don't know if they'd be content, but yeah, we can't shouldn't really expect any more than bottom half of the top ten. And like you say, if Stroll hits um, trouble tomorrow just on physical limitation alone, um, then yeah, you know, there's another position for him up there. But first of all, I guess it is um, great effort from him anyway to be in the top ten when you consider how his teammate fared through the session. Um, but, yeah, you know, for the fourth fastest team last year, it is a bit disappointing to see him, um, you know, not as disappointing as other teams that we're going to get to shortly. But um, for them to, yeah, kind of slip behind and kind of be nowhere at the moment, really, it's a bit disappointing. But, you know, Ocon did what he needed to, got the car into Q3. Um, it's a solid platform see what happens tomorrow. I don't think they'll go too far forward, um, but if he can stay out of trouble, you know, at least he doesn't have a teammate to crash into in the in the top 10. So that's that's something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but given that there's sort of no love lost, apparently, between uh, between Gasly and, uh, and Docon, yeah, maybe maybe the fact that he's sitting all the way down in uh, 20th, which we'll, we'll get onto later, uh, you know, might be, might be a blessing. Um, just one position behind, running out of the top 10, uh, we have Nico Hulkenberg, who has, I think, done a kind of amazing job to uh, to put his car in 10th place. Didn't set, uh, didn't set a lap time or a competitive lap time that he um, in Q3, Tom, but um, can he get that podium? That's the real question. Can he get that podium from, from 10th place, assuming everything goes wrong? Oh, do we really have to go over this? <laughs> I, I mean, no, but it's an inflammatory statement. So Hulkenberg in that flipping egg podium. God alive. Yeah, no, no, he can't. No, it's not going to happen. And if he does, I'll shave my head, um, which could be a really awkward podcast next week. Um, well, hold it to that. Yeah, well, especially as I only had my hair cut the other day after three months. So, yeah, you know, I'd rather not. Um, but hey ho. There we are. It's, it's said now. There's my first bet for the season. Um, no, uh, I don't think he'll get a podium because there are too many good cars in front of him. Um, I do think he was a very good Saturday from him, though, especially given where his teammate qualified and given I was trying to, uh, uh, sorry, given I was one of Holt's critics of when he was announced as coming back. I'm eating my words right now. He did an absolutely brilliant job in that house. He looked really comfortable. He got it into Q3, got his time deleted, which was, you know, unlucky, but. You know, he's a. It's his first full-time drive in F1 since 2019. Granted, he did race here last year in the Aston Martin, that he partly wishes it was this season. Um, but um, but no, it was a. Uh, it it was a very 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 good showing from him, and I think I think it's safe to say that there's life in the old dog yet with uh, with Hulkenberg. Um, you know, he just 
I would say he didn't put a foot wrong. He did because he got a lap time deleted, but they were really, really ferociously hot on track limits um, today. And, uh, and yeah, you know, quite a few drivers fell foul of it, and rightly so. Um, but, um, but no, um, Hulkenberg, I think he's on for a points finish tomorrow. Um, and that's what has brought him in for, because they know that they're going to get a solid result out of him. They know they're going to get a podium out of him. Um, but they know that they're going to get, you know, for the most part, you know, solid points finishes. And I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with him in, in a good way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think just moving on to, to the 11th place, uh, someone else would be sort of pleasantly surprised with where he's actually ended up, Alex, is, uh, is Lando Norris. Cause it was, a, uh, you know, Going through pre-season testing, and uh, with you know, we're kind of thinking the, the McLaren looks like a bit of a dog. Um, it's you know, with 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 its e-ink display advertisements and things like that. Um, you know, we thought they might have spent the money in the wrong places. Um, but you know, it's, would you say eleventh place is kind of the best of the car, or 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 is it kind of? You know, is is it just a sort of on the up, uh, and, uh, and they, you know they managed to find something in the last practice session. Um, I would completely agree with you in the sense that P11 was a pleasant surprise for McLaren because uh, I was fearing that um, both cars would be out in Q1, given the fact that uh, they launched the car and the first thing Zach Brown said was that we've missed our targets. That's not a good sign, and as in, and uh, as any uh, Formula One fan will know, uh, testing has not been a bed of roses for them. Um, so to see Landon Norris 11th, uh, just missing out on Q3, uh, was uh, quite a surprise, but uh, they have got a, a lot of uh, trouble on their hands, and uh, we'll, we'll see what the, ra- what the race has to bring for them. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of work that needs to be done there, that's for sure. Yeah, they have a bit of a of mountain to climb. It's uh, long gone are the days of the uh, of the of leading the Russian Grand Prix a few years ago. Um, by comparison, uh, speaking of long gone, we've uh, we've got Valtteri Bottas in the Sauber. Um, obviously, you know, once a Mercedes driver, um, it doesn't seem that Sauber have taken that step forward, does it, Jawad? From the, uh, by by the looks of this qualifying session. Not at all, though they were mixing it in the top 10 um, early on in Q1 and Q2, but ultimately I guess everyone turns up their engines and whatnot, so they were naturally going to fall behind. But still, I think, you know, 12th and 13th um, for both Bottas and Joe is quite good for where they are. Um, Bottas made it a knack last year of getting points where he could and some impressive finishes early on in the season to give him that edge over Aston Martin. Um, But obviously Aston Martin has made that big step forward this year. So Alfa Romeo, whoever they're going to be fighting in the Constructors' Championship, whether it be um, Haas and McLaren and whatnot, you know, they seem like they're in a good position. And, you know, we, we see just you know, solid reliability from Bottas as a driver. So um, hopefully he can make some inroads tomorrow. The power of the mullet, he's going to, you know, and the moustache, he's going to embrace it and just move forwards. I wish he kept that helmet, though, for, for the season too. That was quite fun. Yeah. Does it? Does he get honorary Australian kind of status now with the, with oh, the, with would, the mullet? I'd, I'd give it to him. 
he's only like a few tattoos and whatnot away from being a proper bogan, so why not? Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you say that, not me. Thirteenth um, <laughs> place, we've got uh, we've got you know much closer to it to his teammate than he was last year. We've got Guan Yu Zhou, Tom. Yeah, um, I've got to be honest. I didn't see anything of the uh, sorry Alpha, no Audi, no Alpha Salva Romeo E's, um, whatever they're it's called one of this them. year. Yeah, the, the insert Swiss team name here. Should we call them BMW? Or is that too soon? Um, no, it's yeah. too late. <laughs> too late. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah about two decades too late. Um, yeah, no, I've got to be honest. I didn't see anything of the of the Alphas. Um, I saw that they were knocking on the door of, of Q3, but unfortunately Bottas nudged out, um, nudged out show. And then, you know, then obviously Bottas got nudged out himself. Um yeah, I mean, I don't really know what else to say because I didn't see them. They're probably about where they should be in a very, very, very tightly contested field. They could be right in the mix tomorrow. You know, if there's a bit of um, shenanigans, should we say, in front of them going into turn one, they could just loop around the outside or they could be involved in said shenanigans. You know, you know, they're, uh, they're in that sort of like almost slightly precarious position where they could get shunted from behind by someone you know, missing their breaking point they could miss their breaking points themselves and go steaming into someone in front of them. So, you know, I've, I really don't know which way it's going to go for them. Um, they're, uh, yeah, they're, uh, I've got not much more to add, you know, decent result, you know, especially, especially if you look at where um, Alfa Romeo were in 2021, for example, and 2020, you know, they're pretty dire. The main thing I'd say is, I hope they don't tail off the season like they did last season. Because last season they started really well. You know, Bottas finished what he finished ahead of Hamilton, I think. Um, or or certainly or certainly outqualified him or something, and then finished in the points. Um I hope they don't have a strong start and then tail off again. I hope they can sort of maintain some at least maintain some consistency throughout the year, um, this year. Yeah, it would. Uh, it'd be. <laughs> it takes to even go backwards, both here and in the championship at large. Um, sort of mo- moving from someone that we didn't see a lot of to someone I don't think I actually saw at all, um, which is a testament to how competitive it was up at the front. Um, but we've got Yuki Sonoda, Alex. Um, I don't think I saw anything of him. It's probably a good thing, bearing in mind his performances in the last couple of years. Um, it's it's a weird step back for the Alpha, though, isn't it? Uh, the Alpha Tauri. Sorry, yeah. the Alpha Tauri. I should have specified. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, they um, they had a pretty poor season last year, didn't they? Compared to uh, well, they, they had the victory in twenty twenty, and they had a pretty strong season in twenty twenty one. Last year, they, they had a poor season. Um, somebody actually asked me this week, um, "Who who do you think a driver is under pressure a lot uh, this year?" And for me, it's actually Yuki Sonoda because it was the arrival of Nick De Vries, who I rated as quite a a, 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 a very talented driver. Uh, would have put pressure on him. Um, but first blood to Sonoda, he's qualified 14th, he got out of Q1. Um, but I'm disappointed with the with the with the pace of the Alpha Tower. I didn't expect I didn't expect them to be as far down as they did, if truth be told. Um uh yeah we'll we'll see if that's uh if that's a yardstick for the season or if it's just a, a bad day at the office. But um yeah uh, I wouldn't really want to be in the uh, post qualifying debrief of that team at the moment. <laughs> 
it's uh, I don't think it was as little I expected. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's kind of bad that, that Sonoda is the, is the best of that, um, as we're getting on to it in a, in a little bit later. Um, Alex Albon now in 15th. Um, Jared, he's not. He's also not set a time. Um, I don't remember whether that was a lap time deletion, but um, it's got to be an improvement for the Williams, bearing in mind that they're, you know, 15th and 16th. Yeah, and that car just looks horrible to drive. Just remember seeing Albon going off at the S's with so much understeer and even Martin Brundle was saying it at the time too. So, um, yeah, so there you go. He damaged his front wing and didn't set a lap, but I feel like he did get a lap time. No, he didn't. It was marginal, we were saying in the chat, I remember now. So, yeah, it just seems like a handful of a car to be driving at the moment but Albin doing Albin things you know gets it out of Q1 and whatnot so you know we'll see that from him all year I suppose and it'll just be like last year where you know they'll have to pull off some wild strategy go to the final lap before making a pit stop for example to get in the points and whatnot but um you know Albin his his ability his talent not in question here it's just the car that's going to be um you know, going beyond its limits to actually deliver both the Williams drivers some results this season. Yeah, um, and I think it's looking like a good season for them. Um, bearing in mind that we've, you know, under out of the limelight, Logan Sargent, Tom, has done better than both Piastri and Nick de Vries come in with quite, you know, relatively little fanfare um, as, as the United States' uh, most recent driver since, I think, uh alexander rossi i think um and the first full-time seat since scott speed uh, <laughs> uh a lot from a, you know, a long long time ago uh we have yeah logan sergeant in 16th place um I, it's, it's kind of astounding that he's actually managed it in the williams is it not yeah i was very very impressed and surprised with logan sergeant because i didn't think he would do much if anything, really, this season, you know, I didn't think the Williams would really be anywhere. Um, how I was mistaken, um, you know, you know, he, he's bear in mind he set an identical lap time to Lando Norris down to down to the down to point zero zero zero. So, you know, it, you know that's you know Norris is a man who's you know nineteen twenty. He's entering his what his fifth season of Formula One, joined in twenty nineteen. Um, so you know, so he's Norris is someone who's been around the block now a fair bit in, in F1. Um, and you know, he's got podiums and a pole position, you know, and you know, could have, would have, should have had a race win as well. Um, granted, the McLaren is woeful this season. Um, but you know, the Williams is fantastic. And Logan Sargent has just, he's just come in, he's not made too much of a, too much of a song, you know, he's not made too much of a sort of hoo-ha or a fanfare as you said he's just come in he's just got in the car he's just got on with the job um and he's doing his talking on track and granted we're one qualifying session into what a 23 22 grid um or 22 calendar season um 22 race calendar season even if i can actually get my words out right i'm struggling to human today um but um but yeah, he you know he's uh, he's he's really sort of he's really 
he's showing that he deserves his place in F1. Like I said, it's only one qualifying session, but he's already showing more signs, you could say, than Latifi ever showed in the car. And I know that's not much of a comparison because that's like saying which I'd want to be poked in. Um, but he, he, you know, he, he's he's doing well, and I'm I'm really impressed. And he could have easily been. Well, I say he's you know he could he, he was on, really on the cusp of Q2, but for his first outing in a Williams, that's impressive. Yeah, he was literally on the cusp of it. Like, you know, the, the, he's probably kicking himself, unfortunately, uh, thinking, you know, if I'd straightened the wheel slightly earlier there, got on the power slightly earlier there, or or break that tiny bit later, I'd be in, uh, I'd be in, I'd be in Q2, possibly even higher up the field. But yeah, absolutely amazing start to the season. Um, now, unfortunately, we have got into the portion of the uh, of the results. I think where um, just because you know, I, I have to praise F1. Uh, and uh, and the FIA for for these new regulations, the cost cap regulations, the aero testing regulations, because they're the only reason that I can see that the the grid is closed up to the point where um, if we go, I know think they were holding things back, but uh, you know Verstappen, uh, the, sorry the you know the entire field were covered by something like one point three seconds um, in Q one. And unfortunately, these four drivers that we're going to go through now are the uh, are the victims of that because um, it's so close. Um, we've got uh, Kevin Magnussen, uh, Alex, who is obviously a seasoned driver. It, it doesn't look great for him here. Um, but I don't, do you would you say it's sort of a, a disappointing performance from him, or is it as I, as I you know I'm alluding to just because it's so competitive at this point of the field. I think it is more leaning towards uh, that, that the fact that the gap has closed and it is very close. Because uh, sadly for uh, Kevin Magnussen, that is probably the candidate for the most disappointing uh, performance of the session, really, because considering where his teammate is and uh, and where he was last year after he'd not been in the car for for over a year. Um, yeah, he. Re- I don't think when he woke up this morning, he was really expected to be down in P17, but. Um, uh, as we've touched to a, a, on a couple of times already, it's uh, it's only qualifying. It can uh, because the gap because the gap in the midfield has, has closed a lot. Um, the potential for points is there. Uh, he just needs to keep out of trouble in the in the, in the opening laps. And uh, and uh, I don't think I don't think all is lost for him. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a bad day, but um, yeah, uh, there's there's room for improvement for him. Yeah, hundred percent. Um... Yeah, we hope that changes. And, you know, Kevin's a good racer. Uh, so, you know, he could easily go forward. Um, now, I, I sort of talked about them, uh, talked about him before. Um, Piastri, obviously in the limelight a lot of last season. Um, and I think you, you can maybe kind of uh, excuse his performance a little bit just based on the fact that he's, uh, you know, he's had a year out the car. Um, 18th place, Jared. Um, it, it, Bearing in mind that the you know the seat that he would have been in uh, had things gone the way Alpine wanted them is uh, is is behind him by two places. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not it's not what we expected. Uh, even with the McLaren being uh, so poor, apparently. No, and he um, just reading some quotes that he had after qualifying. He was quite self-critical of his own performance, saying that. Um, it wasn't a great session. Firstly, like they, his first run was affected by that red flag early on, but then um, stayed on the same set of tyres or something uh, after that. And then the second set, he said he just didn't do a 
good enough job. He made a mistake into turn two, and then the rest of the lap was quite scrappy. So, I mean, like, it's it's good that he's identified that, yeah, you know, these are the mistakes he's made and being self-critical and whatnot. But, you know, at the same time, if this becomes a regular thing, then that's when you start asking questions because you can't have that in Formula One, unfortunately. And as we know by from, from his predecessor as well, you know, one too many mistakes and you, you're on the outer. So, yeah, even though he's a rookie and there was a lot of publicity and a lot of um, scrutiny because of the events of last year with the contract saga, he has kind of come into this year as the one with the biggest point to prove, in my opinion, which, you know, as much as, you know, I want to say I'm a fan of his, yeah, I'd like to see him succeed and whatnot because, you know, you don't win F2 and F3 in your first year of asking and not um, be talented, you know, people comparing him to likes of, you know, George Russell and and that really good crop of F2 drivers that we had come into F1 a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, sorry. But, yeah, good on him for identifying, you know, where he went wrong. Yes, the car is um, a bit of a dog at the moment, so there's only room for improvement. And, you know, tomorrow will be the big test for him, his first ever Grand Prix and seeing how he copes with the pressure being at the back of the grid, of course, and with, with a whole different um, set of drivers than what he's used to. And, you know, not having raced either for more than 12 months, like you said, um, with uh, having the year off last year, not having anything to do in that reserve driver role. So, you know, I'm, I gotta say I didn't, I didn't expect worse and I didn't expect better for his first qualifying. I thought that he would be a Q1 casualty. Didn't wish it for be to true, uh, wish it be true, but yeah, that that's kind of the way it goes. And, you know, I'm glad he's kind of put his hand up and said, yeah, you know, there was, there was things that I did wrong as well on um, in that first attempt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, just for his sake, he, he needs to, uh, in the next few qualifying sessions, I think he needs to hope that he can get a bit further up because otherwise it's going to look uh, like like a bust from uh, for his move into Formula One. Um, now, the, 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 the this driver, I kind of didn't, I didn't see anything from him uh, in, in this, in, in the qualifying session, um, you know, and it's, it's but, you, you know, he's obviously a, a you know, it's arguably debatable whether he's even a rookie um, <laughs> at this point. But he, seeing as he scored points, um, but Nick De Vries in uh, in nineteenth place, um, kind of weird that he's so far down. Obviously, he comes in as a as a, as a world champion in Formula E, but um, you know, quite far off the pace from his dry, uh, from from his teammate. Um, do you reckon that's due to? I, I, you know, I'm not even going to ask the question. I, I I think that's probably due to a new car, Tom. Um, where can you see him getting to in the in the race from this position? Um, I think once um, once Ocon's Alpine blows up, uh, that'll give him a net gain of one position. Um, he has shown some good racecraft, and like you said, he is getting used to a new car. You know, and it's not just you know, it's it's not just a case of you know a different constructor. It's it's a different engine supplier and everything. Um, and bearing in mind the last time that he drove. In, in a competitive setting, F1 car was September last year in Monza. I know he's done um, preseason testing and stuff, but there's only so much you can simulate. And yes, you can do 
race runs and quality laps, you know, in practice and in testing until the cows come home, but nothing can simulate the pressure that, that you feel on your shoulders and mentally when you enter a session, you know, whether it's qualifying or the race. And it's like, there's only so much um, preparation you can do for sitting there and watching those five lights go and then, you know, then releasing phase one of the clutch and phase two of the clutch. You can do all the practice starts you want, but, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it, you know, he's, he's got more to offer and yet yeah, it's not a great qualifying session, but at least he's not last. Um, you know, you know, so so take from that what you will. Um he's just yeah. I think he'll I think he will come good as, as the season comes on, especially once he gets a bit more sort of settled into the car and settled into the routine of regularly sort of flying around with F1, because I know he's done it with with uh, you know, he was in GP three in twenty sixteen and you know he was in F two, obviously one F two, and then you know you've been a Formula E. They don't have the following that F one has. There's a reason that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsport. Well, of, of open of open wheel single seater motorsport. Um, so there is increased pressure that comes with that. Plus, there is also increased pressure that comes with being in a Red Bull setup. You know, you just look at the likes of Danny Kvyat, Danny Rick, Albon, Gasly. You know, they've all come and gone. Well, I mean, Danny Rick's come back, but he's not a racing driver. You know, he's a he's a he's a media horse now. Sorry, Jared. Um, You know, and uh, and um, it, you know, it's just it's a very very pressured environment, and and you know, some drivers make it, some drivers don't. And I think uh, I think Devries has got it in him. I said this during Monza last year because I was on one of the shows for for Monza last year. He Monza is an easy circuit to look good at. Um, I said back then that if we'd have seen him in Singapore, it would have been a better representation. And I think everybody's got a bit mad hyped about De Vries. And I said this at the time um, because he got points in Williams, which you know was which was good. Don't get me wrong, but it was just a you know it's just a it's just a flat out circuit. I think he might have had a bit of a reality check uh, today, and I hope tomorrow that he can at least work his way up the field. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, we got to hope that he doesn't sort of do do a Yuki Sonoda from when he started and uh, and look great in uh, look great in testing, and then then sort of have a a bit of an issue. But he, he, he's sort of starting; he's really starting on the back foot here. Um, now we come to the last the sort of ignominy of the last place. Uh, we have Pierre Gasly, and it, it doesn't look like a good start to his career at Alpine in the uh, the sort of French Revolution that we've uh, that we've been promised, um, Alex. And I don't know why he's uh, you know I think it, he's not actually he's not that far off. He's only six tenths off to Freese, and and obviously bear in mind as as I've said, you know the the field is so was so clustered at that point that um it was sort of a surprise but he's uh it, it's not a great start and it's not a great look really for for him to be in 20th place is it well he had a time deleted i think i think that's why he's uh, down in p20 um but 
Yeah, regardless, that's not that's not where Alpine wants to be. It's it's not where Gasly wants to be on his debut with a new team. Uh, considering where Rockon is on the grid, that's because uh, um, I don't think it's as bad as it's made out. But there is a rivalry in terms of, uh, amongst the the teammates there, and uh, uh, that gives Ocon, you know, first blood. That's a phrase I've used already, but uh, never mind. Um, so yeah, Gasly will want to forget this one and uh, and move on quickly, but. Um, uh, it's it's only it's only qualifying for the first race, uh, as we've already said. Anything can happen in the race tomorrow. I'm pretty sure. Uh, with the Alpine can last the distance. Um, he won't he won't finish last. He'll, he'll he's qualified last, but I don't think he'll certainly finish last if the Alpine makes it makes it that far. Um, so uh, the only way is up. Yeah, I mean uh, you can't lose positions from twentieth. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, it. it like you say, it's it's all they can do, really. Um, now uh, we get into the sort of fun part um, where we start predicting um, where people, you know, predicting the top three. Um, I will start with you, Jared. Where do you? What, what do you? What's your top three? So sorry for the race tomorrow. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> carry on. Let's go. Um, Verstappen for the win. Leclerc second, and. Um, Bargaret Alonso gets on the podium. P3. Barry Alonso 2012, that always being on the podium. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tom, where, where do you see it playing out? Uh, I think we'll see Max win. I think we'll see Alonso P2 and Claire P3. And Alex? Yeah, I can't really see past of a Stappen victory unless he gets taken out in the first corner of uh, or the my seats of the machinery at Red Bull, which uh, um, I think is pretty unlikely. Uh, so I'll go for a Verstappen win. Uh, it's pretty boring, but I think Perez will probably be P2 and I'll go Alonso P3. Oh, interesting. Uh, not seeing the Ferraris go forward at all. Mind you, I don't. I don't see anything similar. I, I, I've seen similar. I'm thinking, I, you know what? I, I, just just for variety, I'm going to go. Well, I've, I've got to go for Saffron for the win. I, I think the Red Bull's too strong, uh, and I'm going to go. Oh, Alonso P2, and then Science P3. Uh, if only just because I, I I just think that that I don't think Ferrari's strategy is going to come off on that. We, even with that extra set of softs, I think they'll get put for too far behind by by a stop if they try and go for that. Um, so, so do we go bold predictions? I'm going to go with bold predictions, uh, Jared. Mm. It's not very bold, but it could be bold. Hulkenberg, top five. Oh, interesting. Uh, Tom? Hey, Mag, in the points. Oh, interesting. And Alex? Logan Sargent to get a point in his debut. Oh, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, right. Uh, bold prediction from me. I'm going to go Mercedes for the win. I don't think they've got the pace <laughs> for it, but they might do it. <laughs> they'll strategize their way through it. They'll get. They'll re- regain the ability to do good strategies like they like they used to have. Um, they sort of missed it last year. Um, right. So. Uh, Thanks for the, uh, sorry. Thanks. So thank you all for coming on. Uh, so it's it's only fair that you uh, we find out where where we can hear more of you. Um, Gerald, I'll start with you. Uh, uh, where can we find you? 
Yeah, so apart from um, guesting on this wonderful show with all you wonderful people, I have um, hit the Apex podcast, um, which you can find on all the good podcast platforms. So back for another season of that. Um, I also write for a website called The Raw, so I live blog every or try to live blog every Formula One race if if I'm up for them. But it's it's been it, this is my tenth season that I'm doing uh, live blogs for that website um, for F1. So yeah, that that seems like a long time, but uh, I still love it. Getting up at two o'clock in the morning. So um, yeah, and there's the Twitter page at Hit the Apex Media and a link tree with all various links and whatnot as well. So. Excellent. Uh, can make sure you give that a listen. Um, Alex, are you doing any writing or no? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I did. It. I did it for a time, but I was just like, oh, this is hard. <laughs> no, I'm just happy uh, making appearances on the on the brilliant podcast that we do, and uh, it's great talking about the the sport that we all love amongst the uh, uh, my my fellow colleagues. Then uh, when we all share this uh, love of this wonderful sport, and um, and it's great to come and talk about it once in a while. Awesome. Sorry, I feel I feel really feel like I've uh, put a spotlight on you that you, you didn't want there. Sorry. <laughs> no, um, it's okay. And of course, there is Tom. <laughs> yes. So, alongside co-hosting this delightful podcast, along people like yourself, um, I I also do uh, a supports come other motor racing series podcast with one of our panelist members, uh, Sophia. So she and I do the Formula Talk podcast where we cover F2, F3, uh, the new F1 Academy, which we've just started to, we just started doing bits on because obviously a lot more information has just come out. Um, and then we're also covering things like Freca, and we're going to start looking at IndyCar as well. Um, that goes out weekly. We record it in the week. Um, the day of the week we record it on depends, depends if it's a full moon or not because it, you know, because it just it just depends on work schedules, etc. Um, but that's really beginning to take off. Um, and I'm really enjoying doing that with her as well. So yeah, so that that can be found on all the F1 Chronicle channels. It's a sister podcast to this one to Grid Talk. Yes, and if you'd like to listen to more Grid Talk, uh we'd love it if you would. Um Grid Talker is available on YouTube, where most of our uh, episodes, including this one, uh, are recorded live, as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Cast. Just search Formula One Grid Talk for our back catalogue of shows with previews and reactions to qualifying and race results. Uh, please consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment for our presenters. Um, also, make sure you're subs- you subscribe so you're the first to know when a- each new weekly episode is released. Um, we will be back soon with plenty of more F1 content. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>